0: Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the gridiron podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hayes, uh, joined by Connor Newman and Frank Molino today as uh, we're going to go through my top 55 players on my prospect big board for the NFL draft. So Connor, how you doing today?
1: Connor, how you doing today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing from Connor. Love it. Connor Connor's not doing apparently. Dan, uh, how are you doing today? uh I'm, I'm doing great uh only one class today uh we'll kind of wait here for connor to figure out his whole mic situation um <laughs> but i'm doing pretty good how about yourself frank i'm doing good i had a long day today but
1: we're, how about we're that driving oh there he, he is there we go. go
2: my microphone just not working I'm, not, I'm just gonna do it through my headphones there no go. i got the, i got i got the day off work today so i've been just sitting around it's been good
0: nice um so now that we've got all the technical difficulties out of the way, with um, the draft obviously coming up and I think it's like what two weeks or something like that, um, less than two weeks, uh, we, we thought, obviously, I'm into the draft, I have a whole big board with over 200 players on it might as well highlight some of the top guys uh, and kind of the reason for this pod is Colin uh, did not know who Arnold Evachetti was in our recent mock draft. So I thought it would probably be a good idea to have a, a pod dedicated to highlighting some of these top players so maybe people know exactly who's being drafted on draft day and they're not confused and acting like Colin. So um, I could screen share Colin. Don't be a Colin. Don't be a Colin. Do not be a Colin. So I could screen share kind of show what I have for the big board right now. Um, I do want to kind of at out of the gate, just say, uh, we're doing a top 55. My big board is still a work in progress. Uh, I still got some linebackers to add on there, kind of changing how I grade them. So I think the only player that has entered the top 55 uh, outside of the list right now is Christian Harris, but that's still to be finalized. So, um, but we kind of just break it down uh, in the sections of 10. So from 55 to uh, 45, um, and that would be Perry on Winfrey starting at 55. Uh, and then followed by that would be Drake Jackson, Kenny Pickett, Jalen Tolbert, Damian Pierce, Daniel, uh, Falele, Arnold Ebuchetti, Christian Watson, Sam Howell, George Pickens, and Sky Moore. Um, I had one player. We all picked one player that we wanted to kind of highlight from this group. The player I wanted to highlight was Sam Howell. Um, I think a lot of people, at least for Sam Howell, how I kind of look at it and why I want to highlight and talk to you guys about him. uh, I don't think a lot of people are high on Sam Howell, and I don't really know why. I know I only have a second-round grade on him, um, but I I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in this class. And I think a lot of people are kind of just disrespecting him for how bad UNC was this year. Um, But I've said multiple times I don't blame any of that on him. Uh, So I kind of wanted to just highlight him and talk about, um, kind of get your guys' opinion on Sam Howell, because he's the guy I'm definitely higher on the most.
1: Yeah, well, um I've been a Sam Howell guy since the start. I'm I'm a big Sam Howell fan. I think what he managed to do on a what was really like a MAC level UNC team <laughs> is pretty impressive and I think his struggles this year are actually going to benefit him going forward because of I mean, he didn't really get to play his game, which is essentially rolling out and making plays out of the pocket throwing the ball deep to wide open ideally receivers downfield like everybody else does at the college level that was kind of his game before but this this year he kind of learned how to um read defenses a little better because he had to um and not only that but he also showed off his rushing ability a little more than he has in years past Which is really good
2: yeah i feel like like a year ago he would have been the the consensus top guy. I heard so much about him a year ago, and he slowly kind of moved out of the picture as these other quarterbacks have had good combines and and good seasons. But I feel like he's a really talented quarterback. Like you said, a a bad UNC team. I mean, you lose, I mean, you have no weapons to throw to, and you lose uh, Carter and Javante Williams in one season, one year. So, I mean, he kind of got fucked, just kind of doing it all himself. Uh, The rushing ability definitely improved, Frank. Like you said, I saw a lot of him scrambling out and making plays on his own. And so I think I think he is a really good prospect. I mean, these quarterbacks, I feel like, are such a toss-up. It's gonna to be interesting to see where he goes, especially.
1: I started laughing because when you said his rushing ability improved, I thought about him running away from the eight edge rushers that got through the second <laughs> he got the ball in his hands. Like it was it was unbelievable how bad that offensive line was this year. So I mean, this this dude didn't have a chance, and the fact that we are ragging on him for it just is confusing to me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a lot of that also, it, it made him develop some bad habits during the season, which I think once he gets the NFL, he's, he's going to get rid of those. Um, he's a guy I think does need to sit for a year just to get rid of those habits and learn how to actually read the field properly. But uh, I think if you're a team that could kind of snag him, maybe late first, uh, early second, you already have a quarterback, maybe one of the older quarterbacks, maybe like a team like Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. You take Sam Howell, um, you sit him for a year, and I think, I mean, he has the arm. He has the playmaking ability outside the pocket. I I think the sky is really the limit for somebody like Sam Howell. Um, But enough on Sam Howell. We kind of move into some other players you guys wanted to highlight. I believe it was Connor that wanted to highlight Kenny Pickett, uh, one of the other quarterbacks in this draft class. So, Connor, if you want to take that away.
2: Yeah, I feel like we can't talk about this group of 10 without talking about Kenny Pickett. I mean, thank God the, the hand size fiasco has kind of died down because while it is an interesting stat, I feel like he's he's shown that he can be a good quarterback despite the small hands, so I don't really care about his hand size. Uh, but he's a big-time competitor, which I really like. Uh, showed some mobility. That that fake slide he had was fucking sick. Um, I like the arm accuracy. Uh, the arm strength is, is serviceable, I think, but obviously not not an elite level arm strength. Um, but I was talking, with Dan, I was texting you the other day. He reminds me a lot of like a, a Mac Jones type where he, he's definitely NFL ready, like the most pro ready out of this group. But I feel like the ceiling for him is just not not as high as compared to these other guys, similar to Mac Jones. I feel like he was ready to go. And obviously the Pats played him right out of the gate, but his ceiling is not as high as like a Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. And that's what, a lot of what I see out of Kenny Pickett. So he could be the first quarterback off the board. He could, I mean, you have him, Like, what do you have him 50 something?
0: So,
2: yeah, 53rd or second. Yeah, so he could be like a late second rounder. I feel like he's very polarizing. So, I I thought
1: it would be good to include him.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, Kenny Pickett for me, obviously, the accuracy is there. I think whether he's stationary in the pocket. Um, or scrambling outside the pocket, which is something a lot of people like about his game uh, being able to extend plays. But I just don't think the arms there uh, it's similar, like you said, Mac Jones, kind of how I viewed him last year. Um, obviously Mac Jones had a very successful year, but I think new England was a very good landing spot for him. Um, and I really don't know what the upside of Mac Jones is going into the future. I mean, we, we kept talking about this off season, the whole AFC being an arms race. And I really don't think Mac Jones is going to be one of the quarterbacks that comes out on top of all those quarterbacks. I think Kenny Pickett would be the same way. Let's say he lands with the team um, later half, like New Orleans or something. He may get them to the playoffs, but I don't know if New Orleans will ever be winning a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. I think you really need one of these star, like uh, superstar type quarterbacks to really win a Super Bowl. Um, I, I just don't know if Kenny Pickett's ever going to be that guy. So. I don't know what your thoughts are, Frank.
1: Yeah, um, I still have my questions about Pickett. Um, the hand size, as much as we want to say it's laughable because it usually is, it is a concern if you're a team that has, you know, rain four games out of the year even. I mean, I, I think he has to go to a dome team like New Orleans would be a great landing spot. Um, but outside of the hand size, because that's been beaten the death by now, um, I think he also has a big issue with staying in a clean pocket and just reading like he can and relaxing and making the right play rather than making a harder play. And his the biggest issue with him for me is that he's a he's supposed to be the most pro ready QB, but I think he's the most pro ready QB in a class with no pro ready QBs, and that's what concerns me. I don't think he should be considered that prospect. That's that's my take on Kenny Pickett.
0: That's fair enough. Um, I think kind of also you bring up the point of pro ready, but no one's pro ready. Um, I was low on Mac Jones last year, but at least I still had a first round grade on the guy. Uh, Kenny Pickett is a second round grade for me. He's QB three. Um, none of these quarterbacks have a first round grade for me um, as compared to last year with the five. So definitely a weaker quarterback class. And I think a lot of people kind of just it kind of accepted that. Um, and we'll kind of get into that later with some of the questions I have now received from Evan and Colin, but, uh, the last player we have here that, uh, I, I think Frank wanted to highlight is George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia flying up the draft boards during this draft process, obviously did not play with all the injuries. Um, but Frank, why did you want to highlight George Pickens?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of George Pickens. I think, um, Part of the reason that he's kind of fallen on boards is because he doesn't have that elite speed that is just so flashy nowadays. That it seems like everybody has, but not really everybody has. And you don't need it to be successful. What you need is the ability to run good routes, which – He's still working on the full route tree, but when he runs a deep route, he gets off. He beats press very well, um, and that's pretty much what they asked him to do. And he's also tall, pretty large receiver. He doesn't have a huge frame, but he uses his body pretty well. So he's a good target in the red zone. And he reminds me of kind of what people thought Nikhil Harry could be, but I think that's what he is. He's a little bit faster than Harry. He ran about a five point oh uh, five second faster forty. He ran in the four fours. Harry ran the mid four fives. Um, I think he he has much better hands than Harry. George Pickens has the best hands in this class, possibly in my opinion. He he he's got very good hands, at least in that jump ball sense. Not so much necessarily just on an average catch basis, but I think he's today's version of a big go get it jump ball receiver which he has if he refines his game a little more and works on his route running and does builds on his frame a little bit i think he has the potential to be a real true number one big x receiver that you look for in in the draft so we'll see how that goes but that's my take on george
0: pickens no yeah definitely um it i think a lot of people the the 40 time at the combine that 440 uh you kind of brought up i think that's why we're seeing him kind of come back into this conversation of maybe even a, being a first round pick um obviously on tape it's kind of funny i sit here and think about it uh trying to think george pickens in my head it's almost like he's a, a more athletic drake london in a way he's this jump ball guy yeah. Yeah. and i think like he's just more athletic than drake london when it comes down to it um I think him not playing really much this year hurt him. And also, I think he's not as good of a route runner or a better athlete with the ball in his hands uh, than Drake London. But I, I think when we're talking about getting off the line and just running a deep route, I, I think he is more athletic in that sense. But uh, George Pickens, somebody that probably a lot of people almost had in that top five wide receiver range heading into the year, obviously gets the gets injured. Uh, or I, I think he actually may have gotten injured in the spring, but just it kept delaying the time. He was going to get back with Georgia. Georgia doesn't th- throw the ball as much, um, as some of these other teams in college. So, um, but I mean, the prospect of George Pickens, if he comes back healthy and lives up to his potential, he's going to be a damn good wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about a six, three 195 pound receiver running a four, four. Uh, not a lot of guys can, there, <laughs> there's not a lot of athletes like that. So.
1: Yeah, he George ran Pickens. it was mid four fours, but still he ran like a four four five range, which is still for his size very good, in my opinion. Absolutely, so. Connor.
2: No, yeah, the, I mean, that was a pretty good 40 for him. I feel like you guys have pretty much said it. I mean, he's good against man coverage, deep, especially down the field. And I mean, the body control is impeccable, especially with the ball in the air. He can go up and get it. I feel like there's so many offenses that could use a George Pickens on their team, and he's been flying up the boards. I keep seeing his name, so I mean. I think a lot of teams would be happy to get him on their team.
0: Absolutely. Um, Any other players you guys kind of want to recap before we uh, head into this next section? I think,
1: (laughs) I think you should do Arnold Abiquetti just for the
0: uh, the sake of the call. So just for when uh, Colin's listening to this, Arnold Abiquetti, the edge rusher from Penn state, um, I think he had a really good year. He's slightly undersized at six two. Um, I think edge rushers usually you're looking for somebody like six four and above. Um, but I, I think he's got offers a lot of speed off the edge. Um, coming from Penn State. Uh, they've consistently kind of had these hybrid edge linebacker types. He's more of the edge, uh, obviously, but um, I really like him. I think he's a slightly worse version of Jason OA, but still he was a first-round pick. So Arnold Ebuchetti late first, early second, I think is a great selection for or a great spot for him. So Uh, I like Arnold Abicchetti. It's a loaded edge class, so he may fall a bit. Uh, It kind of just comes down to what you want. Um, But Arnold Abicchetti, definitely a decent edge rusher. Colin. (laughs) So uh, any other players before we move on? Are we good? All right. Uh, Just to kind of recap, uh, that group, uh, uh, Perry on Winfrey, interior D line from Oklahoma, Drake uh, Jackson, edge rusher USC, Kenny Pickett, quarterback Pittsburgh, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver South Alabama, Damian Pierce, running back Florida, Daniel Falalele, offense tackle Minnesota, Arnold Evichetti, edge rusher Penn State, Christian Watson, wide receiver North Dakota State, Sam Howell, quarterback North Carolina, George Pickens, wide receiver Georgia, and Sky Moore, wide receiver of Western Michigan. Uh, now kind of moving into this next phase, uh, the, the 44 through um, it would be 34. Uh, so, kind of highlight here so I know what I'm looking at. Um, this does include a couple first round, I think it's only two first round prospects, so we're kind of getting into that first round, second round type of prospects. But, uh, we have Abraham Lucas, offense tackle, Washington State, Kobe Bryant, cornerback, Cincinnati, Kenneth Walker, running back, Michigan State, Boye Maffe, edge rusher, Minnesota. Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. Uh, Trey McBride, tight end, Colorado State. Uh, Roger McCreary, cornerback, Auburn. John Mechie the third, wide receiver, Alabama. Kyler Gordon, cornerback, Washington. Uh, Bernhard Raymond, offensive tackle, Central Michigan. And George Karloftis, edge rusher, Purdue. Um, the player I want to start with, because I'm probably going to get some questions about it, uh, George Karloftis being this low on my board. Um, I'm just not a Karloftis guy. I watch his film. I'm not that impressed. I, d- I don't think he offers that much bend that much finesse to his game. Um, he is slightly bigger at 6'4, 275. So I don't really know if he could play like that four, three edge rusher, stand up edge rusher for any defense. So it- it's just not a guy I like when I watch the film, it, it-, it just didn't stand out to me. So he's 35th. Uh, I'm going to recognize that he has talent. I'm not going to push him all the way down the board, but he's just not my cup of tea uh, as I like to say, usually. So, I just kind of wanted to highlight George Karloftis because I'm definitely lower on him than most. If anybody wants to talk.
1: Uh, What order are we doing? I'll go, I'll go. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge Karloftis guy either. Um, I think what he brings is just uh, a very – it's a very – he has kind of – he's kind of like a one-trick pony, right? He's just kind of that pocket-pushing kind of – edge rusher and it's never really been my uh, cup of tea when it comes to those guys I like to see a little bit more technique and some moves and things like that it can work it has worked for some guys if they develop a little bit like a Matt Judon but um, other than that I, I don't think he brings a ton to the table I think his length and traits kind of make him a little more enticing for people who are about that type of thing though
2: yeah, what a, what a turnaround for Carl Laftus. I think our very first mock draft, he was the second edge guy off the board after Thibodeau, and now he has become like a fringe first-round, second-round guy, so I've, he's definitely been our biggest baller on this pod. Um, I mean, I, th- I think he is a good player. I mean, he's fucking huge, and the, he has, for his size, he is quite fast, um, and I think he's, he's a versatile player. I know Purdue had him on the inside a little bit last year, so he does bring some versatility to anyone who would bring him or to draft him. But Dan, like you said, there are so many edge rushers in this class that he could find himself on the wrong end of a fall. So it'll be interesting to see how far he does fall. Maybe I think late first is probably the the best spot for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's just, I, I think he's like this hybrid three, four defensive end edge rusher type um maybe he could play in some limited role in a 4-3 as a defensive end maybe kick inside a little but uh, i i just don't really see it with george as being one of these premier edge rushers uh in this draft but
1: yeah he gives me um who was oh man last year who, who was it last year there was somebody um where was he espineza yeah i got i got that kind of vibe from him. It's more a, athletic
0: it's a, yeah it's a more comp but it, The powerful guy that's not as mobile, just kind of no bend to his game, but can get after the quarterback because he's so strong and just very refined in some of his moves. But yeah, uh, the move on, I believe it's Connor, uh, John Mechie kind of wanted to highlight him. Obviously, the the whole injury kind of weird to gauge where he may go because of that. But uh, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I think that I mean that injury derailed the, the Mechie hype train. We have we have yet to talk about him on any of our gridiron pods, which I think is a little disrespectful to him. So I think he's a super talented receiver, really fast. I saw a, a comparison to Byron Pringle, which I well I think is disrespectful in the potential department. I, I can see the similarities, you know, get get in the ball in space and let him fucking go. Um, so any system that likes to spread the field or get the ball out quick, I think he could find himself selling in. Lines up all across the formation, runs all routes pretty relatively well. I think the only knock on him is he's not the most physical guy. He gets bumped a lot uh, in press coverage. I could see him having some issues at the next level. But I think he's super talented, and if not for that injury, we would be still riding the Mechie hype train today. So I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, I do as well. Um, I think when you look at just Alabama wide receivers in general, they're always going to be good at uh, running their routes. I think John uh, Mechie's no different. Um, he probably was a fringe first rounder before, uh, the injury for me anyway. And as of right now, he's, the, uh, one of the only players with the, for me, it's an 80 grade, which basically gets you right at the top of the second round. And he's the second player in the second round, uh, for me, but it, I think he's a very consistent guy, maybe not the most flashy, uh, flashy, um, but. I think he's going to be very reliable in third down for a lot of teams. Uh, maybe somebody like New England, they could trade back and get better value and take a guy like John Mechie. That's just going to get open and be very reliable for Mac Jones and also kind of reunite him with him. So, himself. Uh, John Mechie, I, I definitely, I would not mind if somebody took him late first round. I think he's that talented and he's going to be that good. Yeah.
1: With John Mechie, I, the big, that injury kills my ability to know just how um, explosive he really is because he wasn't really asked to, you know, be the vertical di- guy for Alabama. Obviously, occasionally he'd make a play like that, but he doesn't come off on film as being wicked explosive, but he certainly could be faster than he looks on film. Um, and I wish we got to see that with a 40 time because that would have definitely helped me gauge where his stock should be. But outside of speed and explosiveness in that way, I think he's just a pretty basic, he runs really good routes. He does everything good, nothing great kind of guy. Um, he's really, I mean, he brought up the Patriots. He's like, if you took Jacoby Myers and made him athletic, <laughs> it's basically John Mechie. So I, I think that's a fair comp. And I, I think he's going to be a very good player when he comes off his injury.
0: Definitely um has anyone even heard of like what his timeline is from this injury I, i've heard all about jameson williams being ahead of schedule and yeah. like probably yeah. not going to miss any time i feel like i haven't heard anything on john mechie and his medicals
2: that's what i'm yeah. saying i i haven't heard from about mechie in general for like two yeah. months
0: yeah he's just kind of yeah. been under the radar i think some people are kind of getting around to like oh shit this guy's actually pretty good at football but yeah um Next guy I have here written down was Frank uh, with Trey McBride, the tight end from uh, Colorado State. So, Frank, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about Trey McBride. Um, I think he's he's going to be able to do it all at the next level. He's a very pro-style tight end. He blocks very well. Um, his biggest issue right now with me would be his just overall strength. I think he's a very good blocker. He's nasty when he blocks and he has great technique, but his issue is like he's not really the strongest guy. He only put up 18 reps on the bench, which is good, but not great for a tight end who's expected to block really well. Um, other than that, his speed's a little bit of a question mark. I know he ran like a four, five, four on his pro day, but that's his pro day. So he's really running around a four, six. Um, which, is, which isn't bad. It's definitely not a knock, but he's not going to be a Kyle Pitts at the next level. You don't see that with him. I see he's just a real prototypical, I'm going to be a really good pro tight end. You know, he's, he's like a man, I'm trying to give him a comp, but he, he just he really he can do it all. I think he has very, very short hands. He's probably the most short handed um, tight end in this class he will be a good red zone target. He's a little bit too short to be a true possession, big red zone target, though. That's the only thing he's really, if he was a little bit taller and a little more explosive, he's a first round pick to me.
0: Yeah, um, I'd agree. I mean, like you said, he's the most traditional tight end. I think in the sense of like sure hands can actually get in line and block. Uh, I think he's the only tight end really in this class. that's kind of like that. Uh, And excels at basically everything. Um, I really like Trey McBride when I watched his film. uh, I think he has some very damn good hands, whether he's out in the open or in traffic. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to like that. Um, And then you also pair that his willingness to block and also his ability to block, which is really good. I think just you could put him wherever you could line him right next to the tackle or you could put him out wide. I think he's that athletic and that good at the tight end spot. Obviously, there are some limitations. Like you said, he's not Kyle Pitts, so I don't think he d- is warranted to be this top ten type player. Um, I don't have him as a first round prospect, um, but I think that's just tight ends in general. You really shouldn't be taking them in the first round unless they're a freak like a Pat Fryermuth or, like we said, Kyle Pitts multiple times. But uh, Trey McBride, I really like. Um, and I'd like the, the, I think he fits with almost any offense. I don't think there's any team that could look at a traditional tight end and say, we don't need you. I think every team needs one and Trey McBride would be a fit for almost any team in this league.
2: No, I agree hundred percent. I mean, based on what we know from his interviews, this guy, he fucking loves the block almost as much as George Kittle loves the block, which obviously any team would want that on their team. He's I think far and away the best blocker among in this class. Um, scary after the catch, hard to take down. I think he's definitely the, the the top tight end in this class, although not by much. Um, I really like Isaiah Likely, who we'll touch on later, but I do like McBride a lot. Not a first-round guy, but I wouldn't honestly wouldn't even be surprised if one of the late first-round teams just took a stab at him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think in one of our mocks, he actually went to, I think it was Cincinnati, um, which I think would be very good for uh, Burrow. I mean, you already added all that talent to the offensive line. Now you add Trey McBride as a receiver, but also as a blocker, sometimes uh, keeping the tight end for added protection. I think that'd be a very good selection for Cincinnati there. Um, And just before we move on to the next guy, uh, the guy I really respect in the draft community, uh, that franchise guy, Marcus Whitman, uh, his comp for... Trey McBride is Dallas Goddard. And I I think that's a perfect comp, honestly, for what we talk about uh, Trey McBride being. uh, And obviously being an Eagles fan, Dallas Goddard, I think he's one of the top five tight ends in this league. Maybe that's a stretch, um, but I I think that's a really good comp.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's a good, uh, very good comp. They do a lot of the same things and their respective roles. And I don't know, I, I see Trey McBride being in this league for a long time. His height's gonna be a real problem though. He's only six three, which I mean, I shouldn't say it's gonna be a real problem, but it's gonna be a it's gonna put a cap on what he can do a little bit against big safeties at least.
0: Fair enough. I haven't written down at 6'4, so I'll have to look into that. But um if there's no one else we wanna highlight, we can move on to the next section. All right. Uh, so that would bring us to the 33 to 23, uh, group, which will be Jordan Davis, uh, defensive line, Georgia, Leo Chanel, linebacker, Wisconsin, Kyer Elam, cornerback, Florida, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa, uh, Drake London, wide receiver, USC, Kenyon green, interior offensive line, Texas A&M, Travis Jones, uh, defensive line, Yukon, Nicobe Dean, linebacker, Georgia. Uh, Andrew Booth, Jr. Corner, Clemson, Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State, and Devontae Wyatt, defensive line, Georgia. Um, um, the guy I wanted to highlight was Brees Hall. Um, I, I see a lot of people, I think it's PFF. He's like down in the 60s on their board. Uh, I just don't know how. I, I know they don't like running backs, um, but I, I think it's disrespectful to just because Brees Hall plays running back to, to rank him that low. Well. He's I think extremely explosive has very good vision. Um, can play in any offense. Uh, he's not. He's an every down back. Um, I, I think he has all the tools to be uh, a really good running back in this league. Um, that, and I think it's just disrespectful to put him in the sixties. I have him here at twenty four. Um, me and Frank have had our back and forth about Brees Hall as a prospect, whether he's explosive or not. I think he has the speed. He ran four three at the combine. I think it's there on film. Um, and I'd have no problem with a team that's like a Buffalo, like a Tampa Bay, even though they have Leonard Fournette, um, a team that's just a very stacked roster. I'd have no trouble with them taking, uh, or no problem with them taking a running back in the first round and that being Brees Hall. So that's kind of my take and why I wanted to highlight Brees Hall out of this list.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also like Brees Hall a lot. Um, I think he does everything you want to see from a running back really well. Um, my comp to hit for him has always been, kind of a I don't want to say Le'Veon Bell because that's kind of a lot to put on a guy because young Le'Veon was something else for sure but that's that's what he does he does it all and his running style matches perfectly the patience the vision it's what it's same thing Le'Veon Bell used to do now my my only issue with him has always been I just I don't see that four three eight speed on tape I think it's there he has the long speed but I don't see the burst of it I don't see him cutting through a hole and taking it to the house that often like running past all the defenders. I don't see him getting caught that often when he does get ahead of everybody. So I think that speed's there. I just don't know if he's got that explosive quick burst acceleration to make him more than elite, like, you know, just a real problem. That being said, I think he is an elite back and I think he is, does deserve a first round grade and he deserves to be where he is on the list.
2: Yeah, I think I think I lean more towards Frank. I, I compare him to Le'Veon Bell with that. I mean, the vision is obviously his biggest strength. I'm just not sure, Frank, like you said, that he's utilizing it to the max. Like, he's so patient, but then you don't see him first burst through that line. Um, but obviously, the vision is fantastic. And I I do think there is some explosiveness in there, if you can tap into it, that maybe would warrant a first-round grade, like a Buffalo Dan, maybe even uh, the Texans, although they're not picking in the back half of the first. So maybe not the Texans or early second, but I think he is the best back in the class by far. Um, so it'll be interesting.
0: I guess we'll have to kind of just agree to disagree about his explosiveness uh, past the line. But, um, next player I have here, uh, and Connor, I'll give it to you right now. Just Travis Jones. I know we were texting about it. So tell us about your love for Travis Jones.
2: <laughs> yeah, tra- Travis Jones is one of my, my favorite players uh, from this process. I'm glad you have him as a first-round grade because I would be so happy if he went in the first. I think before the Khalil Mack trade and we gave up our second, I would have died to have him in this, the mid-second round for my Chargers. But, I mean, what's not to love about this guy? He's been flying up the board. Obviously, the run the run stopping is his most notable strength, but I think I've seen him push the pocket on many occasions on film um, a team leader in that locker room and a high football IQ, which are two things I really love. Rarely out of position. Uh, I saw him go like number 60 in CBS's latest mock, which is just preposterous. I think he's easily an early round two selection, if not late first. Um, I would not be shocked to see him going late first.
0: Yeah. Um, th- this is a guy that really wasn't on my radar until the senior bowl and he just absolutely lit it up. I mean, you're coming from UConn, one of the worst teams in all of division one. And then you get to the senior bowl, you really make a name for yourself in some of the one-on-one pass drills, And then obviously we know what he is as a run defender. Um, it's a guy I've kind of always had in that first, ra- that fringe first round discussion really since January, uh, February. And I think it's really just only he's only climate board, uh, Right now, he obviously sits in uh, the late 20s. Um, and I think it's the perfect spot for him. I think if he went to uh, the Chargers, that'd be a really good fit. Um, obviously, Connor, you being the Chargers fan uh, in that terrible, terrible run defense. Um, <laughs> but I think he'd be a really good fit for, I think, any of the teams in the back half of that first round. Um, somebody like a Tampa Bay that's looking to replace and Um, I, I think he's just a very good prospect overall, very well balanced, uh, good at everything. So I I really like Travis Jones.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to add too much because I think you pretty much said it all. I mean, he's really just kind of that do it all. Uh, He could probably play no true nose tackle in the NFL, which is nice. You don't see a ton of that these days. Um, I think he's he's not going to get looked at like Jordan Davis does, obviously, because he doesn't have that freakishness to him. But he plays the run very well. He's solid, has a good anchor. And I think he has the ability to get out after the quarterback pretty well, too. I don't think he's ever going to be any Aaron Donald or anything, but um, I do think he's going to be a very good player for a long time doing everything his team wants him to.
0: Definitely. Um, I kind of just want to also point out as I'm looking at this, uh, you bring up Jordan Davis, but in, in this section, usually the defensive line uh, classes have just been poor the last couple of years, but in this range between uh, it's 23 to 33, it's Jordan Davis, Travis Jones, and Devontae Wyatt all in the same section. So uh, I think this class, has it's kind of top heavy, but the rest of it kind of sucks, but um, a lot of talent there at the defensive line um, early round. So kind of want to just point that out, but uh, any other players you guys wanted to kind of hit on? Well, I have mine. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right, you're good. Um, Yes.
1: So I wanted to talk about Kair Elam. Um, He's a guy who I think at the beginning of the draft process before the season started was expected to be kind of one of those top 15 kind of players. Um, He kind of dropped on a lot of people's boards. He had kind of a bit of a rough year at Florida Um, this year. He still showed a lot of the traits that people really saw in him to begin with, though which is his great length and size um, and his really, he has very good speed and especially agility of match receivers and man coverage. Um, I was watching some tape on him against Alabama and he really did in coverage one, one-on-one when asked to play man, do what he's good at and press. He really, he stacked up against Jamison Williams, pretty well the entire game i don't think i saw him really get he didn't get burned at all or anything along those lines um where he does does struggle is when those long speed guys get to go across the field a little bit um but i think most corners would struggle trying to keep up with Jamison williams and john Mechie for four seconds across the field on a drag (laughs) so that wasn't really an issue for him his biggest weakness and it's glaring though he's an absolute liability in the run game this man actually cannot tackle. It's, it's really bad. Um, on film His it needs to be work with. Um, I think NFL coaches are going to be able to work with him on that. He has the frame for it, but you expect a six, two, almost 200 pound corner to be able to tackle pretty well, or at least get off stack, um, stock blocks from receivers. And man against Alabama, it was not happening. It's a known weakness of his. So if he cleans that up and improves his awareness a little bit, um, I also wanted to mention in phase, he's very good. He does get a little grabby though. So when that ball is coming to the receiver and he's right there, he does play play the ball well, but he gets a lot of penalties.
0: Fair enough. Um, I think when I'm looking at a corner prospect, if one of their, uh, I guess, weaknesses is tackling and they're very good in everything else in terms of coverage, I'm going to take that guy. Um, yeah, Kyrie Elam, uh, me and Frank were having this conversation the other day between him and Booth. Um, and it was more pertaining to the Pats, um, and who would be a better fit, but I think Kyer Elam, when you talk about his ability as a six, two corner in man coverage and press coverage, I feel like that's a much better fit than an Andrew Booth, who is in this tier, um, of prospects who is more of a zone guy. Uh, but I'd rather take Kyre Elam, uh, just again, six, two guy. I think he'd be a very good JC Jackson replacement for the Patriots. Um, but Kyer Elam, the. He was like a top 10 type prospect coming into the year. Florida has the bad year. He kind of falls down the board, but I think a lot of people are coming back on his athleticism, his ability and man coverage, uh, which a lot of corners just coming from college. They're not good at. Um, it's just kind of how it is, but uh, I like Kyer Elam. I definitely think he should be a first round pick. I think once the twenties come around, that's when you should start to see his name really uh, come into the discussion. Um, but I've always liked Elam. Um, so I'd like to see him go in the first round maybe my eagles, eagles can snap uh snag him at 19 be a little early but i'll take it
2: well i will say back in october during our very first mock the eagles snagged him at six overall uh that is <laughs> true i assume was a dan pick so i can I see why you like him i mean yeah i don't think i don't think the, the tackling is that much with deal breaker although i will say watching the chargers corners not be able to tackle for the past 10 years it is so frustrating so i if he <laughs> If he can get that worked on, that'd be fantastic. But I, I do think he doesn't have that many holes in this game outside of that. And I, he is explosive enough. And so his arms are so fucking long. I just think, I do think he is a really good corner, easily a first round talent.
1: Yeah. And the other thing, too, they, I mean, he did play a little bit of zone coverage. He, they asked him to play, I think uh, they were asking to play a little bit of cover three. He was almost, it was weird. He was almost playing like a deep third in it. <laughs> they almost had him playing like a extra safety. It was kind of odd. But, um, yeah, no, he he was – I think he can play his own, too. I just don't think they asked him to do it that much. Um, but, yeah, no, the tackling was real bad. I mean, no one's good at tackling Jamison Williams in space. No one's good at tackling Brian Robinson as a corner. But the biggest thing that stuck out to me was his inability to get off stock blocks. I mean, I've never been blocked by Jamison Williams and John Mechie, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. But I, I, I he's going to need to do a little bit better with that at the next level.
0: Fair enough. Um, I just think when you look at it, uh, and we'll get to it probably a, a little later, but Derek Stingley is somebody else that I don't think is that good in the run game, but it seems as though some of these NFL teams are – going to look by that and go more towards your coverage traits as uh the rumor is derek Stingley is now a lock to be a top 10 prospect that's the the buzz today it seems so interesting don't put too much stock i guess into these cornerbacks ability in the run game
1: i mean Kyer is a great player i don't i don't think it's a real knock on his game i just think it's easily his biggest weakness
0: (laughs) fair enough um want to highlight anyone else before we move on
1: uh, what were we doing again it was um 20 to 30 33 to 23 yeah 33 to 23 uh i think a lot of guys in this this uh category have been talked about over and over again at this point i mean they're all pretty big names
0: no oh, yeah definitely <laughs> um all right so i guess we can move on to 22 to 12 uh getting into the pretty much definite first round prospects here um, so this will include Zion Johnson, uh interior line, Boston College, uh Jaha Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State, which was a player that when I did a mock at like the midseason, no one knew who he was. So Penn State, no one knows who they who the players are, but uh Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas, Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State, Jalen Petrie, safety baylor, which is definitely going to be a player we have to highlight uh, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah, Daxton Hill, safety, Michigan, uh, Jermaine Johnson, the second edge rusher from Florida state, Trent McDuffie corner, Washington, Trayvon Walker, edge, Georgia, and Kyle Hamilton safety, Notre Dame, um, immediately out the off the rip Jalen Petrie absolutely in love with, after watching his film, um, Connor, we were talking, obviously you brought up how high I am on Petrie. Um, I, I, Listen, I think he could play safety. He could play slot. He's very athletic. I think he's really good in space, uh, whether it's man or zone. Um, and even in the run game, he is very good. Um, so he's he's good at a lot of things. The only thing I have to say, he may have to improve is his technique. I think sometimes he gets a little lazy, but, um, just his athleticism and how he moves in space. I mean, definitely a top 20 prospect for me at least. And like I said, I was watching him play Oklahoma And he just looks like an absolute stud out there. So I I, I honestly think he may be a better slot corner than safety. Um, I have him obviously listed as a safety, but I I think he could play either position. So somebody I absolutely love, and he's probably like my guy compared to the rest of the draft community.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Jalen Petrie is going to be a very good player at the next level if he's used correctly. Um, Like you were saying, I think he's going to be a much better slot corner than a true safety. I think um, as of right now, his one of his biggest issues is he doesn't necessarily understand that when he takes a risk or like when he jumps a route as a safety, it can have consequences behind him, which is fine. I'm sure they can work with him at the next level and get him to understand that, or at least you know play that a little better than he does at the moment. But if you play him in the, as a slot corner, you're really just highlighting everything he's good at, which is just his hips switch like nothing, and he's extremely athletic. I, I think he can match with almost any receiver coming out of the slot in the league. So
2: yeah, I think he's interesting. It's almost like he, he plays nowhere, but yet he can play everywhere, if that makes sense. So I think it's just finding the right use for his skill set. I'm not sure he has this like the a certain skill set to play safety or slot corner. I think they just have to mold him there. I mean, he's a little little small, but I, I do think he's very talented. Will he go top 20? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I think, he, I think he's talented enough that teams will warrant the look in the late first. Not that I think he'll go in the first round, but
0: he's talented. Definitely. Um, I, I think he should go in the first. Um, Once you kind of get to the back half of that first round, there's just not a lot of like corner prospects left and a lot of corner needy teams. Um, obviously he does not play outside corner, but I think a lot of teams can kind of mess around with their corner room, push somebody outside for Jalen Petrie to play that slot position. Um, but that's just me. Like I said, I'm a lot higher on him than most, but, uh, next player we got here is Trayvon Walker, uh, edge from Georgia. Connor.
2: Yeah. I mean, as of two days ago, this guy's like the consensus lock to go number one now, like what the fuck is going
0: on? I, I see no
2: scenario where he does not, he goes number one. Um, I mean yeah. after the senior bowl he was kind of a mid-round talent and then he has that insane combine he runs a four or five which is just unheard of and then he's now he's flying all the way up to fucking first overall to the jaguars um obviously he's a freak athlete uh i mean the combine proved that i'm not sure it's warranting of putting him up at one i know we were talking about that the other day dan i mean his past rush moves i think need work i think they played him in the, all the way from the one technique to the edge. So I think it's finding a right spot for him. But I wonder how much of his success was because of the other absolute freaks they have in that group as well. Uh, how much does he benefit from them? So I just don't see him being a, a consensus number one pick amongst NFL GMs. So I'm curious what, what you guys thought
0: of that news. I, I've said it multiple times. I think I've sent it into the chat multiple times. I just don't get it why he's considered the number one like, prospect, or at least should be going number one overall in this class. Um, as you said, obviously he's wicked athletic, something we rarely see at his size at uh, 6'5", 275, running a four 540. But it, I just guess when you watch the film, I, I don't see him being better than Kayvon Thibodeau, being better than Aiden Hutchinson. I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think a lot of his production was benefited from Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt also being on that defensive front. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't see why he's the number one overall prospect um, for a lot of people. But I, I understand why he's a first round talent. I mean, the potential's crazy, but I, I just don't think that potential alone warrants you being the number one guy. That's just my take on it. So that uh, Trayvon Walker. <laughs> It seems like I am a hater now just because I don't see him as the number one guy, yet he's the 13th prospect on my board. So it's just kind of a weird situation where I have to push back against such hype that makes me seem like a hater. But that's my take.
1: You know, this whole Trayvon Walker, and it's really it's less of a Trayvon Walker situation than it is a Kayvon Thibodeau situation. But this Kayvon Thibodeau issue with him going number one or two, so now Trayvon Walker has to be that guy. I think, one, it's a disservice to Trayvon Walker because I think his expectations, if he does end up going that high, are going to be so surpassed of what he should be expected to be doing, which is honestly developing for a year or maybe even two and then becoming a freak who just kind of does unique things, which is awesome, and that's a, that has a, that serves a purpose of its own. But right now, what they're doing is saying, because this guy's fast and big and strong – he should be the number one or two overall pick, which is like saying, I don't know. It's like saying because um somebody runs a four, three or a four, two, eight, they should be the best corner in this class. Like it makes, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. It frustrates me because I think it just shows kind of the holes in the, analy- the draft analyst process um and this this type of thing is why so many teams get it wrong and then they look back and they're like man we're, we've we had so many top five picks in the past six years but we still stink what's going on well that's because Trayvon Walker ran a four or five and you drafted him over Kayvon Thibodeau like <laughs> all because of smoke so I mean we'll see if it's all smoke I think it is I think it has to be but if he gets picked in the top five I'll be concern for whatever team does and that's not because I don't like him or think he's a top 15 player I just don't think he deserves that kind of he warrants that kind of hype right now I don't see it
0: Trayvon Walker feels like if the Raiders had the number one overall pick right and yeah. they took him like I know jacksonville doesn't go to Clemson that's pick. the
1: thing <laughs> yeah.
0: like I know Jacksonville's about to make this pick and it's such a Jacksonville pick but like this just feels also like a Raiders pick like you just you could have got him way later in the draft. Yeah. It feels obviously now everybody and their mother is saying he's number one. So maybe you can't, yeah. but this just, just feels like such a Jaguars or Raiders type pick all the potential and not obviously their skill, but you yeah, could have it's got
1: just, it really is unfortunate because I think it's going to do, like I said, a big disservice to him. Cause if he gets drafted that early, they're playing him right away all the time. They're going to try and just throw him out there and try to be chase young And this dude's never even consistently rushed the passer at Clemson, not Clemson, at Georgia. He basically just played contain and then made a play when it came to him, which is fine. He doesn't do anything wrong. I'm not saying he's not a top 20, top 15 pick, but if you're expecting him to go out there and light it up right off the bat, and that's your expectation for him, he's not going to develop the way you want him to.
0: I would much rather see him go to like a Minnesota at twelve and learn yeah. behind Daniel Hunter for the one That's what year I'm he's still there. I, I think that would be much more beneficial than being thrown in Jacksonville where everybody stinks. Maybe obviously you kind of get to learn from Josh Allen, but eh, I don't know.
1: I just I don't. He's developmental. He's raw, and these are okay things, but they're not number one pick things.
0: Agreed uh enough Trayvon Walker I guess yeah. eight compared to what some people think but uh the next player we have here is Daxton Hill safety Michigan Frank
1: all right I'll be covering Daxton Hill here so I think Daxton Hill I still I'm a big Kyle Hamilton guy I really am I just Daxton Hill is the better coverage safety in this class though um I think that's pretty clear at this point He's got wheels. What did he run for 40? It was in the four threes, right? Like four, three, eight ish. I can look it up. Yeah. He ran a very good 40. Um, he plays great in coverage. He had, he had a great year. He was kind of one of the staples for that really good Michigan defense this year. Um, he has quick hips. He makes good plays on the ball. He's instinctive in coverage. I, he, he fly, he has good like he's his um, stop and react to the ball speed is really good you know he makes plays on the ball very quickly I think he does a lot of things really well um he needs to work on his if he's going to play true safety he needs to work on being able to come down on the run which I think there's there's um definitely hope for him there but it's not there yet um and other than that build upon his frame because he's only six foot 190 which is I mean he's like a corner more than a safety at that and that was my next point. I think he could also be a very good slot corner to start out his career as he kind of gets a little more experience and familiar with the NFL version of his position.
0: Yeah. Um, he's another guy that's kind of flown up this, these boards since the college football season ended um, again, kind of to quote, or I guess give credit to uh, Marcus Whitman, that franchise guy, his comparison is a faster Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I, I think that's a good comp. It's a guy that can play corner, can play safety. Minka obviously kind of starting at corner with the dolphins and then has transitioned to this high free safety, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that's what Daxton Hill can be. Um, I think early on kind of, some teams going to have to play and uh, play around with him, see if he's better at corner or safety. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to end up being this high safety with this really good range, uh, four, three, eight, 40 speed, um, And I think we had this conversation about a week ago, Frank, talking about could he be like a a Devin McCourty replacement? Because, I mean, they already have a ton of safeties, but if you add Daxon Hill, I think that's a very good uh, replacement for Devin McCourty once he finally leaves. But uh, I don't know if he's going to be on the board then. It seems like he's flying up the boards, but Daxon Hill is definitely a very versatile player that I think a lot of defenses would like.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I am a big fan of Daxon Hill. He just looks so smooth out there, man. He, he glides around the field. It's pretty impressive to watch. I know we, we've we constantly pegged him as one of KC's picks at the back end of the first. But like you said, he's been flying up the board as recently as this past week. So I don't know if he's going to be there at that point. Um, I just I know he's a great player. Not a lot of weaknesses in this game, which I think is if you're going in the first round, you need a safe bet. I think he's a, he's a solid choice.
0: Yeah. Um, and you obviously we bring up flying up the boards. I think it was like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago, it was Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay both pushing them up into the top 20 of their boards. I think that's what caused everybody to kind of finally get on this Daxon Hill movement of being a pretty like mid to first, first round pick. So, um, yeah. Anyone else we want to highlight, uh, before we move into the top of the draft? Yeah, I think we're good, these guys have all been covered enough, yeah. And I mean, the guys we're getting into are definitely been covered for sure. <laughs> um, so 11 to the number one player in this class, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, interior offensive line, Iowa, Charles Claw Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State, David Ajabo, Edge, Michigan. Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Derek Stingley, Jr., corner, LSU. Amad Gardner, corner, Cincinnati. Aiden Hutchinson, edge, Michigan. Uh, Ikea Kwonwu, offensive tackle, NC State. Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. And Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher from Oregon. Um, The player I wanted to highlight as I pull up my notes is Jamison Williams. Um, I feel like me having him at eight is probably really high compared to a lot of people. Obviously we've talked about when we were talking about John Mechie, the whole injury situation. Um, But all the medicals, it seems like they're very good. He's not going to really miss that much playing time, if at all. Um, And I think he's a guy that would have ran in the four twos and I, I, I texted into the chat when I was trying to watch uh, Devontae Wyatt film, Jordan Davis film, Georgia, they're playing Alabama. It's just so hard not to watch Jamison Williams. He's that electric, that dynamic of a playmaker on offense. And I, I have Garrett Wilson listed higher, but it's, it's really neck and neck. It's a difference of 0.03 in my grading system between those two. Um, and the first note I have on Jamison Williams is Williams is fast. Um, it's just a very explosive guy that I think any offense could really take. Um, that type of speed, it just makes defenses worry. It makes it them have the game plan against you for that guy. Um, and adds a lot of stress. And I think somebody like Jamison Williams is definitely warranted of being a top 15 pick like guaranteed in this draft. So really like Jamison Williams.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you on all your points there. I mean, Jamison Williams is arguably the best receiver in this draft. He's certainly the most explosive. Um, I think what separates him from Garrett Wilson is really just kind of your what's your cup of tea. If you want somebody who's a little bit of more of a risk, not, not in an injury sense, but in more of a you don't know if he's going to be quite as good and effective at the next level, you know Garrett Wilson's going to be good and effective at the next level, level more, often, more or less. So it's really just, I mean, you're splitting hairs between them. But, yeah, Jamison Williams isn't just a speed guy. He runs great routes. He has great hands. I mean, he came from Ohio State before he went to Bama, which is honestly a really good thing at this point because that means he can run routes and he can. I mean, he just he can he can do it all. I don't know. I he's he's he could be the number one receiver on the board. I wouldn't really hate you for it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that certainly wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, there's not like like you said, there's not much not much to hate about him. I mean, he's fantastic. He's so fucking fast. I mean, I think from what I've heard, I think he is a top ten. Um, a player amongst like GMs and you know with three receivers going last year I would have taken fucking Williams over Devonta Smith no offense Dan like so I, I see what the like the, the GMs do place a premium on these high-end receivers so it would not shock me to see him go in the top 10 and I think he should I think he's that talented a receiver obviously the injury is a concern but all signs point to the recovery going really well so I don't see any reason to take a, a risk but it is a minimal risk in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, and to the point about taking him over Devonte Smith, uh, I think a lot of GMs probably would also take him over Devonte Smith. I mean, I, I don't feel like Jalen Waddle was everybody's wide receiver too. Yet that here come the dolphins out of nowhere, taking somebody with this insane speed coming off of an ankle injury. So I think a lot of these GMs do place, um, do play some priority on guys with speed because it's one of, it's the only thing you really can't teach a receiver. So, um, Jamison Williams, I know a lot of people are saying he's being linked to Atlanta right now. I think that'd be a very good fit. Um, I mean, even with the injury, if he is ready to play, you could kind of hold him out and just red shirt him a little bit, maybe because Atlanta's going to suck and he'd be very good in the future. But um, somebody I really like. So Uh, next player we got here is Charles cross offensive tackle Mississippi state Connor. What do you got?
2: Yeah. I think cross is one of the more interesting players in this top, top group i mean i've seen him go as high as three in mocks i've seen him drop to the fucking 17 in mocks like i think he's a very polarizing player i'd also i'd love if he dropped to the chargers at 17 that'd be a, a, a dream um obviously he's fantastic in pass protection that jumps off the tape he's so good uh super athletic obviously with that air raid offense not a lot of experience in the run blocking department but you know, for the, for the fucking Chargers, anyone over Storm Norton at right tackle to protect Herbert and for pass protection is fine by me. Um, he's got super long arms, longer arms than both Neil and Aquanu. And his hand positioning, I think, is pretty high level. So I am really high on Charles Cross. I know he's been pegged to six with Carolina, but I know they're interested in maybe trading back. So I don't think he's a lock to go there at all. So I'm super curious what team uh, will, will jump on him. I think he's super talented.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't have that many concerns about him in the run game. I think he's just a very overall talented uh, tackle prospect. Obviously, you come from Mississippi State, the Mike Leach offense, you're just going to have that many uh, dropbacks, have that much experience in the pass game. Um, and he's very talented, at, sorry, very talented at that, as we've said. But um, I think there's no reason he should be outside the top 10. Uh, you just look at some of the teams that are in the top 10, very tackle needy. Um, and I recently had that mock draft that I shared with you, Newman, having the charges trade up two six to get a guy like Charles cross. Um, I really like the fit. I think he can play right tackle. I know sometimes people are a little concerned of flipping guys from left to right tackle left guard to right guard, but, um, I think he could pick it up really quick. Um, it'd be a very good addition, but I mean, you're talking about teams like Carolina teams like Seattle that need that tackle. Um, maybe even a team like the jets or the giants. I mean, there's just so many teams that need a tackle. Um, and I think he could fill a very needed, uh, very big need, I guess, uh, for a lot of these teams. So I like Charles Cross a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see him falling outside of the top 15. Um, I think just his past protection abilities alone warrant a first, a high pick. I mean, in this league, nothing matters more than protecting your quarterback and he's, the Best guy in this class. And the second he comes into the NFL, he's gonna be probably top 10 in the, the NFL even at doing that. So I I think he's a surefire pick for
0: anyone who gets him. Definitely. Um and the next guy we'll we'll keep talking about offensive tackles here. Uh Iki the offensive tackle NC State, Frank.
1: Yeah, so Ikem Aquanwu, um I mean, he's pretty much the polar opposite of what we're talking about with Charles Cross. Um, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be okay in pass protection. I think um he's gonna need to work on it just because coming out of NC State, I mean, it's not really something that was emphasized to him, I don't think, or at least coached as well as the NFL is gonna be able to. But in the run game, the dude is just a monster. Um he's nasty, he's mean, he's fast, he's strong, he's big. He hits hard. He has unbelievable footwork in run in the run game. He definitely needs to work on that a lot. When he's um in pass protection, he tends to lean a little bit and he has trouble adjusting in his slides. But again, that's something an NFL coach will be able to work with. I mean, he's just like Gruden would love this guy. It's just he like from an analyst perspective. I can see him talking about him being like, this guy here, this guy's the type of guy you want to go to the park and have a piece of pie with. And watch him smash some defensive linemen. Like I don't know. Like it's just he's he's just a big, angry offensive tackle in the best kind of way. And you type of guy you want in your locker room and on your team.
0: Yeah, um, I, I remember being pretty high on Ikianu at the midseason, um, and really even coming into the year, I think I had him in like the back half of one of my really early mocks in the summer. Um, but I mean, he's flown up the board. He's my third overall prospect, um, dangerous in the run game. He's going to pancake some guys, um, day one in the NFL. Um, and I saw, I think it was PFF. They did a mock draft with him going to the lions at two and you put him at guard. Now you're talking about a right side of the line that has Ikia Okonwu and Penne Sewell. That's a pretty dangerous offensive line on that right side. I mean, you already have Jonah Jackson and Taylor Decker on the left side, Frank now in the middle at center it's it's a pretty scary offensive line i must say for a dan campbell offense so dan campbell uh, would love this guy can picture
1: dan campbell talking about him in a press conference oh my god
0: (laughs) it it, Conwell in detroit i don't think it will happen but the prospect of it I, i i think a lot of people would like that on paper um and i bring up him having to play guard there i think he could play almost any position besides center um obviously that's what he did at nc state but whether it's left side right side guard tackle i don't I don't think it really matters for Icky. Um, Obviously, he has to improve in pass protection, but I don't think it's going to be that much of an ordeal for him once he gets the NFL. Uh, I just think his base as a run blocker is going to be enough to keep him within the top five. I don't think he gets farther than the seventh pick with the Giants. Um, Really, he should be going number five with the Giants um, just because of his versatility that he could offer for Daniel Jones uh, and Brian Dable, but really really like Icky. so.
2: Yeah, I mean he's a fantastic player. I think when we started this process months ago, he was kind of a, a lock for top ten. And then, you know, Evan Neal doesn't work out at the combine and Equanu becomes kind of the standout of the combine, easily a top five lock now. He looked fucking unbelievable. Probably the one of the best players at the combine. I mean, if yeah, you're right. If he gets past the Giants at five, I think there's there's issues because that's ridiculous. He's so talented. He's a beast. I would love for him to go to the Lions. That'd be freaking awesome. Dan Campbell would probably run through a wall for that guy.
1: Um, oh, my God. Can you imagine seeing him in the draft room? Dan Cam- they switched the camera over to Dan Campbell. He's just got his shirt off or something. He's like, <laughs>
0: I don't know. <laughs> well, just think about how um, they reacted when they drafted Pene Sewell. Like, the GM was going crazy. Like, I can only imagine if they got somebody like Ike Kwanwu, like, they'd freak out again. And they'd uh, have man, one of man. the best offensive lines immediately yeah. in the NFL.
1: And then, like,
0: you you best know then if they do that, they have to get
1: a quarterback, man. I want them to get a quarterback with that last pick in the first round so bad. Whether it's Sam Howell, Malik Willis, I don't care. Like, whoever it is, that would be – you get that offensive line and then you decide to get Sam Howell and stick him behind it in a couple years. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: I fucking dig it. It reminds me of the uh, – you remember when, when DK Metcalf interviewed with the Seahawks and Pete Carroll was like, oh, he, he came in shirtless, so I took my shirt off. I imagine Dan <laughs> yeah, Campbell exactly. – Dan Campbell was just walking around like a speedo at all his interviews. <laughs>
1: yeah. Dan Campbell would probably run up to him and be like, hit me, hit me.
0: <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry. Um. They, obviously, there's a lot of good prospects in this uh section, but I feel like we've – at one point or another, hit on a lot of them and talked about talked about them a lot. Um, anybody else we want to kind of hit on before we move into our honorable mentions here? Now nah, they're all pretty solid. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I think pretty much everybody at this point has been gone over enough in this in this section
0: for sure. Fair enough. Uh, the only note I want to make, um, obviously, Thibodeau is my number one player. I am not buying into the whole bullshit that he doesn't like football, that he's a very lazy player, I guess, uh, has no heart. I, I don't buy into this. If you just turn on the film, it's very easy to see. He actually cares. He has a motor. Um, I, I think it was Phil Sims who, outside of quarterbacks, really doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to the draft. Um, he didn't even have him in his top five edge rushers. He had, like, Nick Benito <laughs> over him absolutely absurd i can maybe understand you're like okay aiden hutchinson even if you buy into the the hype of trayvon walker listen i get it but to not have him in your top five you you, you're smoking crack so i I don't buy in at all that's my only note this
1: this cave thibodeau thing is really just grinding my gears dude like i i can't stand it it's it's absurd it's like if somebody came out and said well, Chase Young's pretty good, yeah. But have you ever seen him really take on a triple team and then grab the running back with one hand and pull him down? No, because he doesn't care about stopping the run. So you do he doesn't deserve to be number one. Like it's like it makes no sense. He's 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 like an equivalent prospect to Chase Young. They're the exact same kind of guy, a little bit raw, but a little bit technique and unbelievable athletic traits, both very good at the game of football. Therefore, they should be a top three pick. That's how this works, usually. Unless I bet, I bet it's the Jaguars, man. I bet they're throwing smoke out, like, or it's like some team in like the top five that doesn't really have a shot at him. Like, maybe the Giants. Maybe the Giants hit up Phil Sims and they're like, "Yo, start some crazy stuff right now, so we can get Thibodeau to follow us." Like, I don't know, but it's it's I it's just okay, it's
2: it's Urban Meyer's burner account on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, came on Thibodeau doesn't like football. I don't yeah. want the Jaguars to have him.
1: All because he talked about cryptocurrency, man. Like, yeah, he likes money too. Great. Yeah, have you ever seen a player in the NFL who doesn't like money that much other than Tom Brady because his wife makes $150 million a year? Like, no, most of them want to get paid. That's okay. It's understandable. Dude's the best player in the draft. Yeah. John LA freaking held out and almost joined the MLB. You're going to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau? <laughs> That's, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Man, one little note turned into a, a – a It deserves real- a
1: pot <laughs> on its own, man. It's, it's like, disgusting. I feel bad – I feel for Kayvon Thibodeau because he's getting trashed for what appears to be nothing, man. I don't know. Unless somebody knows something, I don't. but
0: Which is fair. I mean, in this draft process, we don't get to interview the guys. Yeah, but exactly. I feel like, like from- maybe he
1: came in and he was like – yeah, I'm not. I'm. By the way, I'm gonna skip OTAs, skip preseason, come in playoffs probably, and get a few sacks. If that's all right.
0: <laughs> I highly doubt. That's yeah, I. I don't
1: think that happened though.
0: His agent would fire him. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Enough. Kavon Tibbs talk. We could kind of move in. Uh, I had everybody kind of pick a player that was not in my top 55, and kind of maybe give a reason why, as to why they should be in there, or at least state why they like the player. Um, I do have an honorable mention of myself. Obviously, I stated earlier my linebacker uh, grades are kind of in flux right now. So, Christian Harris is a guy I really like from Alabama. Uh, very athletic, uh, very good in the run game, very good as a blitzing linebacker. Um, the only knock on him is pass coverage. Um, but I, I think he can develop it enough in the NFL to a point where he looks decent in space, can at least cover some ground, maybe middle of the field. Um, but I think here upside from his athletic traits alone, he's a guy that probably should be in the top 50. And I think actually once I redo these grades for the linebackers, he is going to be a top 50 player. Um, but he's a guy I'm very intrigued by. Um, and he's probably going to end up being linebacker four behind the Kobe Dean, but uh, really like Christian Harris.
1: Yeah man, I I think Christian Harris, I don't I don't think there's any chance that dude doesn't end up on the New England Patriots coming from Alabama, fitting a position of need, being a large kind of immobile but also pretty athletic and good at tackling linebacker. I mean, this dude is Dante Hightower like 6 years ago. So, I mean, I I, I could I I expect nothing less than him being on the Patriots by the end of the draft process, whether that's first round too early or second round, I don't know, but that's, that's my prediction
2: classic Patriots fan um, yeah he's a good prospect I want to say he was our our first linebacker off the board and our very first mock I and mean, that's yep. how much we liked him so yeah. I'm not sure why I don't know really know that much about him to know why he fell off like into the second even third round in the the latest few mocks but I think he's really talented and he comes from Alabama which you always have to love so I think he's he'll be fine
1: coverage ability and then some of his athletic traits aren't really a hundred percent there like i said the dude i'm not being a patriots fan here it's a real thing bill belichick loves alabama players because he's buddies with nick saban and <laughs> christian harris is the exact type of statue i mean he's not a real statue he's like a young somewhat athletic statue but he's still a statue linebacker he's dude he's a patriots linebacker i'm sorry you, you can laugh at me but i'm serious i don't know
0: uh, next player we got here, as we kind of alluded to earlier, Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina. Connor, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I, I'm so tempted to move him to my tight end one. I think he's really good. Like, he's a really good, listen, he's good. Uh, great vertical threat and he's, he's physical enough that he can come down with contested balls. I mean, he made strides as a blocker last season, although I do think he still needs some work. He is a smart guy. He only did 15 reps on the bench, so not that good. Um, but, I, I mean, like, I think he has all the tools to be a really good tight end. Uh, not, obviously, Trey McBride, the most form-fitting to what a traditional tight end would look like, but I do think Isaiah likely has the chance to be the top tight end a few years down the road from this class.
0: Um, Isaiah likely is interesting. He was definitely my top tight end coming into the year, uh, just athleticism alone. But, um, it's interesting because when I watched the tape, he's super athletic he, he's basically a, a bigger receiver playing tight end for coastal Carolina. But then during this draft process, he posts a four eight three forty, 40, which is a pretty low time. Now I've heard theories that his agents is trying to get him to gain weight. So he looks better for these teams on paper. Um, And then he's just going to lose all this weight basically once he gets to camp. So he's athletic again, but um, I guess the size is just slightly concerning. Um, I think he is very, really talented for a tight end. I don't think he'll ever be a hands in the dirt type tight end for any NFL team, but we see a lot of uh, teams putting their tight ends out wide, putting them in the slot. So I think he kind of fills that role. I don't, I, I still like Trey McBride from the standpoint that he's a, uh, traditional tight end I think he'll stay as number one for me but Isaiah likely is definitely polarizing in the sense that he's so athletic compared to some of these guys on tape um so yeah I know the 40 times kind of concerning but it, it just doesn't match his film so
1: yeah I I don't know I have issues with that 40 time man like he was my tight end too like it was like a 1a 1b kind of thing like what if you wanted a receiver it was likely if you wanted uh, everything it was McBride That 40 times scares me, though, because, of course, he's going to look athletic on tape, man. He's playing against – I mean, he goes to coastal. Like, he's playing against slow competition, so he's going to look quicker on tape than he does – than he might actually be. And even if it was a weight thing, man, like how much weight could he have put on? 10, 15 pounds? Like, you shave that off, what's he still running? Like, at best at 4'6", which is good, but with his – you know what, he what you expected from him was I feel like I expected freakier numbers from him, man. It's for him to be able to play his style at least at the NFL level. So we'll see for sure. I, I don't hate him by any means as a prospect, but I, he definitely fell for me after that. And his agent, if his agent did tell him to put on weight and was responsible for this, that dude needs <laughs> needs a new job because he really messed up on this
0: one. Fair enough. Um, now, this is going to be interesting. Uh, our honorable mention for Frank is Parion Winfrey, the interior defensive lineman from Oklahoma. Yet, even though he is my fifty-fifth player on my board, he
1: but, is your fifty-sixth player if you count Adam Anderson. And I thought we were doing top fifty when we did. Listen, go.
0: Adam Anderson has a grade, but he is not on the board. Adam Anderson has his own issues off the field. Yeah, um, he for those does. that don't know, he is like being charged with felony rape. Not going to even touch it. Some teams may want to dabble and take them late draft. I'm not. This guy could be playing for the me machine in a couple months <laughs> to a year. Not going to go down that path with Adam Anderson. Was a talented player, just not going down that path with him. So he is not on the board despite having a grade. Just
1: put that there. Regardless... Um... I had Perry and Winfrey. I want to talk about him either way because I think he's kind of been looked over in this draft process. You know, he's an interior D lineman in a class that has Jordan Davis, um, yeah, uh, oh my goodness, Travis Jones, and um, oh come on, Devonte Wyatt, Devonte Wyatt. Never mind, Logan Hall is a different one. Um, but yeah, um, I think he's got, I think Perry and Winfrey, if he's. He's really going to be a scheme based whether or not you can use him right kind of guy, right? Because he's at for a D-tackle, he's very undersized. They were using him, playing him at D-tackle at 6'4, 235 at Oklahoma, which is such a big 12 thing to do, man. But um I read Adam Anderson's. You got me 6'4, 295. Thank you. But either way, he's still a little undersized as a D-tackle. But um <laughs> But regardless, he plays with some real get off off the ball. I was watching his tape earlier. Dude's got a really good inside um, rip move, and he likes to set up these slower guards on the inside, outside, and then hit him with that. And they, even in the senior bowl, he was doing real well against Zion Johnson in one one on ones. He beat him once. He had like a draw with him the first time, and uh, he won the second one. Man, I don't know. I think he's gonna. He has some real ability as a three tech. Um, So if you don't use them, you can't use them as a true nose. I don't know why Oklahoma's strange, man. I don't know what they were doing on defense this year. Letting up points, I guess. But, um, (laughs) but, man, he can really get after the quarterback. I think he has shades. I'm going to say shades because, man, I'm not going to go there. He ain't Aaron Donald, all right? But he has shades of that kind of player in his game. And that's why I wanted to put him on the list.
0: That's quite the lofty. I'm not, no, Cup, no, 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 even no, 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 though it's no, not no, a no, comp, no. it's lofty it's to put him comp. in the same sentence. It's a,
1: it's a, it's a play style.
0: Fair enough, but God damn. Um,
1: Basically what I'm saying is he's a defensive tackle. Whose main use in the NFL is going to be getting past guards and getting to the quarterback.
0: I mean, it's fair. Obviously Perry on Winfrey, you brought it up. The senior bowl was just taking names left and right. Um, he's very good. Getting after the quarterback, I think the only knock on him is run the fence. I mean, Oklahoma as a whole can't stop anybody um, uh, when running the ball. So I I like him. I think he's definitely talented at getting after that quarterback. I mean, I have a second-round grade on him. I think the only knock on him is uh, can he play every down? I don't know um, if he could kind of play those first and second downs. Uh, obviously, there's a premium on getting after the quarterback these days. Um, I just don't know. I'd rather be spending my pick on somebody that could uh, stay on the field for all the all three downs um, than somebody that's more of just a specialist, but still a t- very talented player at what he does.
2: Yeah, he is a talented player. I was watching some film on him when you sent out the list. I didn't even know who he was. The amount of times that he bites on play action and it looks exactly like the, the animation from Madden was so fucking <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> I laughed so hard, like, he just he does the classic like tackle the running back like it doesn't matter. It's so fucking funny, but he's he's good. Frankie, like you said, I think three tech makes way more sense for him than playing him at nose. Like, what the fuck are they doing?
1: But yeah, I mean, he, like is, he looks like a defensive end on the field.
2: Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what they were doing, but yeah. oh well, he's talented enough.
1: Yeah, just a second point. Yeah, he's the the only the biggest issue with him is obviously his run defense. But like besides that, like when you're drafting him. You need to have like a set plan for him, what you're going to do with him. Cause he's not, like you were saying, he's not an every-down guy. He's a rotational pass rusher, essentially, that you're getting. You're essentially getting a rotational three-tech defensive end kind of like three front defensive end hybrid to play for you. Which is why I said shades of Aaron Donald, because Aaron Donald can be out there. That dude, this dude ain't Aaron Donald. I'm just saying when he's going after the passer his get off his ability to make a nice move on the guard, or he's usually lined up over a guard. So I keep saying guard, but it, he, I think he's going to be a very good player. If put into a system that can scheme him up and just use him to get after the
0: quarterback. Cause that's what he can do. Fair enough. Um, Obviously we have not highlighted every player because that would just take way too long. This would be like a four hour pod trying to hit on every single yeah. player, but I will be posting this uh, top 55. Uh on the Instagram. So you'll kind of be able to see the players and their grades. Um, I believe I have all the grades on the graphic, but um I mean with the draft coming up, obviously we're gonna do another mock draft. There's probably going to be more talk about the NFL draft and some of these prospects. Um so just wanted to get that uh out there for those listening. But we do have two questions that came from Evan. Um nice. Mr. Evan. Uh so the two questions he had, and we can start with the first one. Um, the question was, would it be a mistake for a team to select a quarterback in the top 10? My answer would be yes, because I don't even have a first-round first grade on any of these quarterbacks. So I think it would be a mistake for somebody like Carolina or something to take a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. Even though I'm hot high on Malik Willis, I think he's QB1, but uh, I think it would be a mistake.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Malik Willis and Sam Howell are the only two who weren't even being thought about in that sense. I don't think they should be, but I'm just saying, like, if you were to. um, I think taking Pickett in particular would be a huge mistake. I'm just – I'm not a big Pickett guy, and I think, like, everybody keeps saying, like, he's pro-ready, but he's pro-ready-er. He's not pro-ready. He's -er. (laughs) pro-ready-er. He's more pro-ready. And I don't think a lower ceiling is enough. I I wouldn't take any of these guys top ten, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, should it happen? No. Will it happen? Inevitably, <laughs> probably someone that will trade up for, like, Malik Willis and buy into that hype, which, I mean, is dumb. But, I mean, that's the price you have to pay if you really like that kind of guy. Um, but, I mean, this class, in comparison to last year, it's just so bad <laughs> that it should it should not happen. But it will. It inevitably will
0: every year. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Next question here. And the last question you at least sent to, and it's, it's an interesting question when you kind of think about it, Uh, who is the riskiest pick in the draft? Now, obviously I think you could just say any of the quarterbacks, but I, I think I tried to like, think about like, who has the best chance to flop, I guess. Um, And it's going to be an interesting one kind of outside the box. And it's going to be Daniel Falele, the tackle from Minnesota. Uh, You have all that size, in uh, you're kind of just banking on a team to figure out what to do with it. I mean, he used to be 400 pounds. He's now down to like three seventy. I think. Um, It's really going to be hit or miss with somebody that huge in the NFL. Um, There's only so much he can do at that size in terms of mobility Uh, and in the NFL where teams are just uh, getting quicker and quicker, faster and faster, asking their tackles to pull more and do more things athletically. uh, I think he's going to be a really hit or miss player. hit or miss prospect so my pick would be daniel filet
1: i i like that pick um if he wasn't draft he's going to be drafted kind of late first at the highest like the absolute highest so that's the only reason i'm not going to use him my riskiest pick would absolutely be taking um oh man (laughs) i keep i'm like blanking today sorry hold on trayvon walker thanks I, in my opinion, that's going to be the riskiest pick simply because he's going to be picked top 15, if not way higher. And if you do that, you are just taking an enormous risk on a guy who's really just only a projection, right? We don't really have any evidence to think he should even be that guy. Like on tape, if you're just looking at film and forget the athletic traits, he's not even a first round pick. I don't think he's probably second, honestly, at best. So I it's it's a real risk to take him at this point I like him but it's a risk
2: yeah I think it's hard not to say trade on Walker as we discussed earlier Mm -hmm. I think for me I would go with Jordan Davis I just think he's so big but he doesn't do much he just clogs up the middle doesn't even play on third downs half the time which you know is a concern I mean I Obviously, I think for him the biggest concerns are his weight, you know, his conditioning, and then a lot of that you can't see from you know off of a page or from the combine. So it's a risk for a team to take him. Obviously, if the Chargers take him, like I can't be upset because it's an upgrade over R.D. tackles. But I think for a guy that can only play, you know, he didn't play that many snaps for Georgia because he's so, so tired all the time. That's it's a risk taking him that high uh, in the first round for any of these teams. I think.
0: Fair enough. Um, And I just have this one question before we uh, go, obviously we're a fan of all different teams, me being an Eagles fan, Connor chargers and Frank Pat's the question is who is one player realistically um, at your respective spot in the draft that you want your team to draft. Who is the one player like with realistically speaking, obviously not in Hutchinson for any of us. Let's say this player was to fall to you. uh, Who's the one player you hope falls to you? type or i guess is just available to you i won't say fall but is available to you who would be your uh, best available uh
1: starting with me it's man it's tough (laughs) because there's a few guys i would definitely take here following uh, the patriots it's gonna be between corner and linebacker since they got parker um if we're being like extra realistic here cuz i don't think i see any of the uh, any corner above elam falling to them so i'm not and i'm elam's not really my dream so i'm going to go we'll say hmm, i'm going to go with oh oh devin lloyd i think yeah i think that'd be my dream for the pats um just his ability to blitz and play the run and just be athletic I think fills a big hole in the Patriots linebacker core because if anyone watches the Patriots, they would know that they are just a bunch of big statues with no athleticism and lots of age. Um, And right now it's actually just one guy. That's two guys in general on our depth chart. So we need a linebacker. Um, And I I would love to see him on the path.
2: That's a good good fit. I think for me – greedily charles cross but will he make it there probably not um i don't i just feel like he's so much he's better than trevor penning that I'm, I'm just not content with settling for trevor penning um and then obviously nicobe dean i fucking love nicobe dean uh except dan keeps stealing him and all the mocks to his eagles but we lose kaiser white who was top 10 in the league in tackles and so to replace him with nicobe dean is just a fucking animal
0: i would really like yeah i like that Um, it would be funny if the Eagles stole Nekobe Dean and Kaiser White from you in one offseason. You'd be getting an angry phone call on draft day, (laughs) that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I definitely would. Um, For the Eagles, kind of similar to Connor uh, in the fact that I'd like Jamison Williams, but I think it's greedy to expect him to fall at 15. Um, So the player, it's kind of out there, I guess, just because of the whole recency of his injury, but I'd love for the Eagles to get David Ajabo. I understand he's probably going to miss basically all of the year with the Achilles injury he had at his pro day, but uh, Brandon Graham is getting older. He did just get Hassan Redick and uh, Josh Sweat to sign contracts, but I, I think he sits out for the year. And then once he comes back, Brandon Graham's gone. Um, and you're looking at a guy that has that top 10 prospect potential at the edge rusher position. So I'd really like the Eagles to look past the injury and look towards the future with this pick. Um, I think he's very talented. He's still very inexperienced at the position, even with the production he had this year at Michigan. Uh, so my dream pick would be David Ajabo, even with the injury.
1: So. Yeah, I'd love that fit. I mean, outside of his injury, that'd be a great. And the injury might be good for you guys because I think he does fall, and I think you do definitely have a shot at getting him. So I I, I could see that happening.
0: Well, it's funny you look at all these mocks and he just doesn't go in the first round anymore.
1: Yeah, I still, still will. Him.
0: I think hope so. Yeah. But I think that's it. Um, like I said, probably going to have a mock draft soon and we'll be talking about these guys again. Um, maybe we do something live, uh, for, for draft day or something like that. I don't know, but, uh, that's all we got today. So sweet. Thanks for listening. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Put your tears away and no fear
1: today You can drive off towards that summertime sunset Sweat, what you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts